This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. Don Robertson is in studio. Don Robertson, of course, of the Dundas Real McCoys, of Calm Choice Realty, of Dundas, Ontario, and a multitude of other things there. Donald, thank you for coming in today, as always. Hi, it's a great place to be. NFL playoffs started on the weekend. Not going to talk specifically about the NFL playoffs per se. There's lots of other places people can go for thoughts on the particular games, on the wildcard games, whatever. But I want to ask you this. The NFL is unique in that it allows the fewest number of its teams to participate in the postseason tournament. You have to have a great year in the NFL to be participating in the playoffs. More more than half the teams, well more than half the teams, do not get an invitation and they're already doing whatever they do in the offseason. Baseball is close. Baseball may be about the same as far as percentage goes. But then the flip side, you got the NBA and you've got the NHL that let in half or more of the teams that are in their league. Which one is the better? The NHL don't let half in. Well, 16 get in out of 30. That's more than half. Oh, it might be. <laughs> we, we, didn't, we don't bring you in for your math. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's, it, my question is, is it, is it a better system to be much more much harder to get in? Is it, is it better to make it much harder to get in so only the elite of the elite teams get in, or is it better to let in more teams so more cities and more fan bases are involved? Two things. Um, it's not always the elite to get in because the schedule, if you have a really crappy year last year, maybe because you're... Quarter, you're talking about the NFL. The NFL. Uh, um, sorry. And if you have a really crappy year because your starter was out... Starting quarterback was up for a lengthy time period. You got caught up with a b- bunch of bad injuries. And then the schedule the next year is based on your performance the year before. So if it's a one-off, you can do very well. My point is that the NFL schedule has some bearing on who gets into the playoffs, and it's not just always the elite teams. Um but it's teams that have, whether the schedule is soft or not, it's teams that have had good years. Yeah, they're not bad. They're, yeah, they're not brutal teams. They're not, they're not sub-500 teams. The other reason um, you have to think that, that the NFL let a fewer number is because they play one game a week. Everybody else, the Major League Baseball, NHL, you know what I mean? They're playing, the NHL are playing four or five games a week in the playoffs, probably four. Baseball are going at it hard. So you know what I mean? So they can get a whole bunch in so they can let more in because they can eliminate them in a four to seven series quicker. The NFL, they're a week apart. But even if the NFL was to say, okay, you know what, we'll drop down to 14 games. They're not going to do this. But even if they said we could drop to 14 and add two more weeks of playoffs and then let in more teams. We're not going to do that. that. That's not going to do the greater good any, any good because then all the teams are losing a home game. Sure. And I don't think that they want to do that anyway, though. I think the NFL quite likes the idea. I don't think there's anything wrong with what the NFL do. That every single game that you play, and you're right, it's only once a week, but every single game you play is an urgent must-win situation because you give up one game or two games with bad losses, and that can cost you your season. I think it's, I love the idea that every game matters in the NFL. I really do. I'm not sure all the Jaguar games matter. Well, they do because the first two games, two games into the season, three games into the season, they're done, right? So, I mean, That's why yeah, I'm sure they're not sure they matter every year, every year. But okay, so yes, you're you're correct that by week four or week five, you're essentially done. Yep. But it meant that those games from day one 
when you set out for the first kickoff of the season, that matters. It's not like you... I love the CFL. I love the CFL style of football. I hate the fact that the CFL basically doesn't matter until Labor Day. It really doesn't. You could go 0-9 and still get into the playoffs and win the Grey Cup. It, it, the first half of the season is essentially a glorified exhibition schedule. I, I love the CFL, the game. I hate that about it. I love about the NFL that you better show up ready to play from week one. Well, the problem, one of the problems that the uh, CFL faces is the number of teams. So they have to come. Of course, up, they have of course. to. Co- they have to come up with a convoluted system, whether it's a crossover and the 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 worst of the absolute worst don't make it. So if you want to talk about a league that keeps people out, I mean, boy, if you can you can be sub five hundred in the CFL and make the playoffs, and one of the few leagues, if not the only league around, where that's that can happen. But you then look at the NBA, you look at the the NHL, and a lot more, a lot higher percentage of their teams get in. Is that a better scenario? Sure it is. And I, I really I really like the, the uh, leagues that have gone to the wild card because I think it, it, what it does, it creates games, more significant games later into the season for a lot of teams. And I would make the argument that if there's three teams chasing a wild card one wild card spot in any sport, it makes games in those buildings, those three centers, all that more relevant and makes the teams, uh, fans pay more attention. They don't write them off so quickly, move on to another sport or, um, well, that's why the NHL, I don't think has any interest in the proposed, you know, every time, every once in a while, and I think you guys did it with the senior hockey, every once in a while people propose a regulation time win should be three points. An we, overtime win is two, and the other do, team gets one. We do it now. We've been doing that's it. That's right. We've been doing it for two years, and I, I was the only guy that voted against it because I think the coaches should wear fedoras, and I'm old fashioned. Boy, was I wrong on that. I mean, it it really does significantly change the standings. That's exactly when why you I can don't get think three the, points. That's exactly why I don't think the NHL would ever want it because they've got everybody except for a couple really bad teams bunched up by the end of the year, all fighting for those last spots. And if you give the three points. Suddenly you spread things out a little bit and a bunch of those, you're talking about it, those games that you keep more teams with more impactful games as the season wears on, suddenly there's a whole bunch more teams that don't have those. Let me tell you how it's changed the game though. When it's, it used to be when it was tied with five minutes to go, I mean, it was like watching paint dry. Everybody held on. Everybody held on, don't make a mistake. And if you need the points, everybody's going hell bent for election because so you want to get three points. You don't want to take the chance of only getting one. So if there's a chance there, it, it's really opened the game up. It's far more exciting. I don't, uh, know, well, I, agree. I don't know if the NHL would do that, mostly because it would be far more entertaining than what they have now, and they seem not to like that. No, I, I, I think it would be a fantastic thing. But it, I think more likely the NHL is following your earlier point, which is let's keep as many teams as possible in the running as late as possible. And if we do anything to change that, we're hurting ourselves. I, I, I disagree with that principle entirely. I, I, I would go to the three points for a win in regulation time right now, and I would allow fewer teams into the playoffs. And I know the owners will never do that because it's a money thing. But in any league, the fewer teams that go into the playoffs, the better the quality, I believe, of the games all year long is because every single night matters. Based on the NFL this weekend, you would make an argument that you shouldn't let as many teams in the NFL playoffs either. But 
you could also argue, and I don't follow the NFL as closely as I do the National Hockey League, but for years you can make an argument some of the absolute very best series in the playoffs are always the first round. First Usually. of all, everybody's healthy. Everybody's got that going. Like L.A. Kings won a Stanley Cup from eighth place and uh, in, on their side. And so it just – it. I think it's far more exciting. I, I don't think they'll drop down the number of teams because when you do that, you can't you can't carve two out. You got to carve a bunch out. Well, there's a whole bunch of things we're going to get as the NHL season gets closer to the end. I'm sure we'll talk about the fact that the NHL still has blown how they do the playoffs, which should be no conferences, simply one versus sixteen, two versus fifteen, to give the better teams a true advantage. But that's a that's a discussion for another day. In the meantime. The NBA, the NHL, there are just too many teams. And when I look at the NFL, and I'm not the world's biggest NFL fan, but when I look at the NFL and I look at the playoffs, I just think they get it. They get it. It should be something special to make it in. Now, you can argue, and some will, the Maple Leafs haven't been in the NHL playoffs except for that shortened season when they lost to Boston in Game 7. The Leafs haven't been in the playoffs. So sure, it's something special to get in. It'll be special for Leaf fans. They have been a particularly special kind of awful for the last decade. So I don't know that that's the barometer that you're going to hold up to say, yeah, look at the Leafs. They can't get in. So obviously the NHL playoffs are hard to get into. No, the Leafs have been terrible. That might be a bad example. That's a bad example. So don't use that one. But the fact is, if you were to say, we're going to go with eight teams get into the NHL playoffs and four wildcard teams or something. I haven't done the math either. Something where it reduces the... I think it would make every single night that you play during the season more impactful. You understand that in the playoffs that the owners get to keep the gate and the players don't I'm not argue, don't have to pay them. I'm not arguing that they're going to do this. They're never going to do this. If the NHL owners had it their way, at all when they finally get up to 32 teams, because you'd need that even number... They'll every, all be in. Everybody would be in. And now there's the one other side I would take. I, I would be, if you wanted to do, if, you, if you're going to let 16 in, I'm saying, why not let everybody in and let's have a single elimination tournament. Let's, let, let's, let's have a mid-season playoff thing, a reshuffle. Or I don't know. I would love to, have a, to, to see what would happen if you had a one-game elimination tournament like March Madness in the NHL. Anytime you come up with a scenario that's going to give the owners less home playoff gates, they're never going to do it. It's not going to happen. Well, clearly, the NHL owners are quite happy with the system they have right now, except for the fact that the ones who have been out of the playoffs for a while wish that there were more teams allowed to be in. And, and would it shock anybody if at some point down the road the NHL said, let's have some wild card spots too. Let's let's let 14 teams in plus four more wild cards. The two of those get to play the ball. They'll find some way to get more home games. Baseball did it. Baseball keeps coming up with new wild cards that I never, I never had a problem with the old days of the American League East and the American League West and the National League East and the National League West, and you won your division, you played the AL Championship, and you went to the World Series. But now we've got 15 rounds of playoffs. Yeah, but you know why they did it? Because Money. It, well, it, yes, of course money. So when you're never sure what it's about in pro sports, it's about the money. And then if you get thinking it's about something else, it's the money. But the reality <laughs> is, and it, and it goes back to the, what I'd mentioned a few minutes ago, is it keeps more teams games relevant when they're chasing wild card spots 
and it's talked about on television, and it's talked about in newspapers because who's chasing who for that wild card spot, and all of a sudden you see four teams, all of which would likely be out of it. I don't disagree with you. I, that's exactly why they're doing it. I'm just simply saying I wouldn't do it though. I like it the other way. I like it even if you're out of it. If you were the commissioner the season, of the league, you'd do it differently? I would. Yeah, you'd be fired. Well, of course I would. <laughs> of course I would. But my... I wouldn't bring that up during the job interview. Yeah, uh, of course I would be fired. I think that 99% of people who would apply for that job would be fired because A, you'd be a hockey fan, and B, you'd say you're doing a lot of stuff stupid. And there, But the bottom line, as you just said, is every decision is made for financial reasons, not for fan reasons, not for hockey reasons. There are, We could sit here, we're not going to, because we're out of time for this segment, we could sit here and come up with 10 things off the top of our head before the bottom of the hour that the NHL should do differently to better the game or to protect the players or to do any other thing. And they could, they would never do it because financial reasons. They're going to keep doing whatever Gary Bettman tells them to do because it's now a $4 billion industry. Yep. And nobody thought that could happen. And you wonder why they like Gary Bettman. doesn't matter how, how much the fans hate him. It's a $4 billion industry. I do wonder, though, when he walks into the board meetings, if the owners boo him just to make him feel comfortable. Because <laughs> everywhere else he goes, he gets booed. They're generally getting carried in on, somebody's carrying him on his shoulders. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Don Robertson in studio, talking a little bit of sports. Uh, Don, on the weekend... Well, let me back up. Patrick Laine is one of the great rookies in the NHL this year, Winnipeg Jets rookie. He and Austin Matthews are both having terrific rookie seasons in the NHL. Patrick Laine came skating up the middle of the ice looking for a pass and got the puck all tangled up in his feet. And by the time he kind of got his head up, he ran into a freight train and got just absolutely wiped out. Now, the thing about this is, with the new rules that they've got in the NHL, and I can't remember the guy's name, McCabe, who hit him. He hit him perfectly cleanly. It was shoulder down, shoulder into the middle of the chest. As it happened, Line A and his Line A looked up at the last second, so their heads collided, but it wasn't shoulder to head. It was head to head, like they bonked. And then Line A goes flopping back because he just got wiped out and banged his head on the ice. Now he's out with a concussion. However, I'm wondering, 10 years ago, would the defenseman who was seeing the forward come across center ice unprotected, would he have, do you think, gone shoulder to chest or would he have taken the opportunity and basically killed the guy? Have, have, we, have we actually changed or is it just individual players in their minds? Some guys would have done that. Some guys never would have done that. Yeah, the odd idiot would, would have done it. I, but when you line a guy up like that, you don't have to do anything but what he did. That's the most effective way to crush a guy. Well, you, Scott Stevens used to make a point of coming up, and he would catch guys time after time with his shoulder pad into his chin. Yeah, he tried that with Lindros, but Lindros was so big he couldn't get that high. He almost killed Lindros. I mean, that's like knocking a refrigerator down that's going 30 miles an hour. But I mean, he did. He, I mean, he, he crushed Lindros. Oh. But that's what I, that's the exact type of hit. Or Brian Campbell on Umberger when they were uh, yep. Boston or Buffalo versus Philadelphia years ago. There was a time when if you were a defenseman, and you saw a guy coming across the middle, you put your shoulder pad into his chin. That's what you did. Well, and Grape, Grapes, we'll talk about it Saturday night, saying, you know, you can't go, kids, you can't go through those trolley tracks. You got to keep your head up. This is what's going to happen to you. And uh, once in a while, you put your head down and you shouldn't. And boy, did he get hammered. 
and uh, you'd like to think it's going to be a lesson, but the only thing you got to worry about too, and I didn't see the whole play because I only saw the, but you kind of get, sometimes defensemen make poor plays and set their forwards up. They sure. should, you know, they shouldn't make the pass. And the hospital pass. Sometimes you let a pass go and you're going, this may not end well. So, but uh, he's a kid, but he's a superstar, you know, and, and I'm sure the guy didn't let up. Because he's a budding superstar, everybody's kind of created equal nowadays. I mean, the old days of layoff Gretzky uh, are long gone. Of course, the old days is if you do go after Gretzky, you're going to have to talk to Semenko and McSorley, which was akin to putting your life in danger and wanting to leave the league or wet your pants on the ice. I mean, it was never any fun, so but the, wild, you, the Wild West took care of that. But do you believe that had this been 10 years ago that Line A would have been more injured because yes. they would have not taken any concern to go for the chest? We would have just wiped him out. Yes, but one of the biggest reasons is, is I think there's far more control in the NHL now and there's far more awareness of it. And there aren't guys out there headhunting, and there used to be. There used to be guys out there that would go after oh, guys. Oh, of course there were. All the time, and they, they've legislated that out so badly that if, if he'd have given them a forearm shiver, he'd have been out for 40 games. And the players know that. In the old days, you'd have said, geez, we better give the guy a couple of games. I mean, the guy's in a coma. <laughs> well, and you know what? When you when you describe it, and when it's outlined like that, it's it, it clearly sounds like a good thing. Like we've we've changed the behavior, we've changed the mindset largely. There are still cases where it happens, but we've changed it so that players are safer now on the ice. And that you say, okay, that's a good thing. We don't want to have guys, especially star players, who are being. You know, I mean, I remember when Paul Correa got wiped out. You know, star player, and you don't you don't want that. When Suter took out Wayne Gretzky from behind, you don't want that. But the flip side is you look at the OHL now. And Dave Branch has been very vigilant about cracking down on dirty play and on hits that are dangerous. And that's good. But I think if you watch most OHL games today, there's not a lot of body checking, period. They bump, and maybe that's all you need. But it's not a hard-hitting game most nights now anymore. There is bumping, but that's it. And I don't know if we're losing anything by that. I don't know if we've legislated too far. Or if we say, no, you know what, that's fine the way it is, because we would much prefer the trade-off of keeping our guys healthy than having a hard-hitting game. Dave Branch is clearly a leader in that department in, in around the world in organized hockey because he, he sees over the OHL and as commissioner of the entire CHL. I mean, he's he's a leader. You could say that it certainly isn't Burt Templeton's Hamilton Fin Cups out there, and that those days are long gone. By the way, let me interrupt you. Stephen Templeton, Burt's grandson, was traded to the Bulldogs today. He'll be suiting up next game. Anyway, there you go. Keep going. Wow, I remember. Burt Templeton, the Hamilton legend, by the way. Yes, he was. He won a Memorial Cup here with Dale McCord as the captain. I don't think his grandson has quite the personality or temperament on the ice that Burt did on the bench, but we'll find out soon enough. But anyway, continue on. Well, it's, so that part of the game has changed, and you could make an argument, and, and, and I could I could argue either side of it, but... Is the OHL as entertaining because it's not as hard-hitting and anything else? And, and have we really morphed into more of a European style of hockey where the we're, we're playing the European style on a smaller ice surface, really, but there isn't the hitting that there used to be? And there's no, I mean, there's no question that the hitting is gone. Uh, and the fighting's gone. And when you see a big hit now, even one like Line on, was it Saturday or Sunday? I can't remember now. But anyway, when you see that... 
your first reaction is to gasp and your second reaction is, oh, did he get him in the head? How long a suspension is that? It was a perfectly clean hit and yet we've moved to the point where when we see a big hit, we just assume now that that must have been a bad hit. And and when I, uh, you're correct. The other thing that's been taken out of the game is there aren't the bruisers around because you can't fight anymore. As soon as you start accumulating some fighting majors, you're gone. Mm-hmm. So I would... And those are the guys who often would throw the big cheap hits. So I'm not sure how the argument goes, but the London Knights and the Kitchener Rangers are still selling out. There has been no attendance dip in the changing of the brand of hockey that's played in the OHL. Like, you could certainly argue that that uh, it, it's a more sophisticated game, if that's whether that's what they wanted or not, it is. And there's a lot of teams, and it's not a bad product to try and sell. Go back to that hit on Limey, that if that happens 10 years ago, that poor guy that hit him only thinks it's a good idea until he gets back up again and somebody's pounding on his head. There would have been a brawl after that hit 10 years ago. Even I don't care how clean it was. When you hit one of our star players, there's a price to pay, and that is gone. There is, There has been a pattern in recent years in a lot of different things, but if something is taken out of a sport, somebody will try to start a league and allow that to be reintroduced. So, you know, what we've taken hitting and fighting out. You halfway expect that there's somebody out there with some money who says, hey, let's start a new old-time hockey league. Let's start one where more hitting is involved, more fighting. So let's, let's go back. Let's try and sell this. And you know what the problem with that is now? A few years ago, I think, it still wouldn't have worked because in all these, what we've learned in North American pro sports is there's room for one league, really, of a certain type. But nowadays, if you were to go back and say, oh, we're going to go back to the old rules where you can crush guys and you can, you know, you got to keep your head up and it's, we'll call it the cherry league. Um, I don't think people would actually enjoy it now because we've become a tune. We've, bec- we've changed, we've learned, we've, we've realized something different. Our brains have been rewired that we shouldn't be watching that. It, it becomes almost a, it would be like watching car accidents. And we, even though we, you know, you watch NASCAR and it happens, no one's ever going to have a NASCAR where we guarantee you're going to have car accidents at 200 miles an hour, 12 times a day. I don't think it's quite as wild as it was, but about 10 or 12 years ago, we had to go down and play uh, St. George de Beauce, uh a playoff series. And they played in the Quebec Senior League that they called. Yeah, the, <laughs> that used to be. The minor pro, uh, it was like a minor pro hockey league. They paid the guys. And uh, Link Gates played, Donald Brochure played. I mean, they had every tough. There was a movie made about that league. Yeah, there was. The, yeah. the um, Laval. And. They that had to be the toughest, toughest, goofiest, craziest hockey league I have ever seen, and I was in the Colonial Hockey League. I can't believe it would have been more crazy than the Colonial Hockey League in its early days. They were guaranteeing three fights in the first period, and they were selling out. I mean, we went to St. George de Bosa, and the team had put a big addition on the building. Now, when we went down there and played them in about 2002, you could still smoke in the building, and people were buying Ryan Coke and wandering around. It was the most bizarre thing I'd ever seen. And we took a team down that couldn't, you know, we didn't fight. They had a bunch of guys that wanted to fight all the time, but as soon as you hockey canter was, you fight, you're out. So we had a bit of an advantage over them, other than they had a bunch of guys playing, uh, that played in the American League the year before. They had every tough guy in the world, and it sold. 
I don't think it's carrying on because you can only sell that so long. Oh, there's one other reason as we go to break. Uh, and I think that is once upon a time, something like the UFC didn't exist. If you want to watch guys fight now, you don't have to watch them fight on skates and look awkward as they throw punches. There are guys who actually are professional fighters who know what they're doing. Bare knuckle fighters. Who have technique and who are really good at it, who will provide that. And now you've got a a divide. Hockey used to be everything. Skill, fighting, everything else. It was all mixed into one big package. Now it's divided. Now you have the skill and you have something else for that. And I, I, as I said, I just, if, if the day ever came that someone tried to say, hey, let's go back to that old way, I think we would blanch at it now. I think we, we've been retrained. I think we've been reprogrammed. We wouldn't probably enjoy it as much as some people think that we might because the first time you saw someone come across the middle like that and get absolutely clobbered and see his brains knocked out of his ears, Everything that we would think about would be all of those stories of concussions and the lawsuits and the brain injuries and everything else. And we'd suddenly go, oh, I don't think this is too good. And that's what we used to love. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. We only have a couple of minutes here. Let me ask you quickly. There was a story out uh, a couple of days ago that the Toronto Maple Leafs, apparently, if this is true, don't want Austin Matthews to go to the NHL All-Star game because, you know, it's got it'll put demands on him, it'll tire him out, it'll fatigue him. If you're an NHL team, now I know the Maple Leafs don't have to worry about selling tickets, finding fans, building a base, all that kind of stuff. So they're in a unique position, but do they still, do the, do the Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens, Boston Bruins, Detroit Red Wings, all those teams that are established, do they still have a responsibility to build the game? Because I got to think that if Austin, if the game is in LA this year and Austin Matthews, who's an American kid from nearby and is having a great year, he goes to there. He's a big star at the all-star game all of a sudden. And if you don't let him go, that is a big opportunity. I think missing to grow the game in the States on the flip side. Yeah. You know, he may, it may tire him out a bit. So what? He's a kid. You know what? They're trying to build the, they're trying to build the game and the NHL is all about stars and uh, I forget what we talked about recently, but if there's not stars involved, then nobody's interested. But do the Leafs at, care? Do the because the Leafs are set. Well, the Leafs don't care, but they're a partner. But they're set. They've been set for years. That's what I mean. So why do they care whether Austin Matthews sells the game in in Arizona? Well, they or better LA? care because last year they weren't selling out, right? I mean, there were games when you could easily get Leaf tickets. And any good organization, if you didn't spend all your money on pop tarts, you need some money. That's it's still expensive. When teams start sitting back and taking things for granted and quit running promotions and everything else, by the time they realize they've made a mistake, it comes back and starts to bite them, and they're trying to get the toothpaste back in the tube, and the slide starts, and you're going, holy cow, how'd this happen? Well, you know how it happened? We didn't let uh, Austin Matthews play. Sidney Crosby, I think, has played in one All-Star game. I mean, it's bizarre that he doesn't Yeah, know. I think it's two now, but he's always, mo- most of the time he's gone. Most of the time he's been hurt, but he's gone to the games and put in an appearance. Yeah. I'm Now, first of all, I agree with you. Austin Matthews is a kid. He's 19 years old. How tired can he possibly get? Uh, but even so. Well, he's playing, he's playing a lot of hockey no, too, I, but no, the no. point is let him go. He's not going to wear himself out. What's he going to do? Eat too many cheeseburgers or too many Pop-Tarts? No, I mean, he's, he's probably fine. more likely to do that if he's staying at home. Yeah, good point. You get three days off. You get, on, you get on to Buffalo and get a bunch of Pop-Tarts. It'd be a mess when things over with. I'm telling you, the, Pop-Tarts are the breakfast of champions. Forget Wheaties. Define champion. 
I, I, I just, I, I just wondered if the Leafs are, if, if a team, whether it's the Leafs or I say the Canadians or any of the established teams, whether they really care. Do they say? Do they mean? No, when the they, Leafs don't care, but the NHL will make them care. Uh, well, yeah, but you can fight that. But I wonder because they all say they're in partnership together. They will all tell you the Leafs. The, all the teams will say we were in this together. But I just behind the scenes, I wonder if they really do. Anyway, the Scott Radley Show weeknights from seven to nine on AM nine hundred AM nine hundred CHML.